everybody. Welcome back. My name is Fergie, and this is episode three of Ruminate, the only podcast where I think too deeply about things that you probably don't. Now, in today's episode, I want to talk about something that dawned to me today. I had another topic lined out for us to speak about, but today I think this one's going to be a little bit more interesting since the last one I threw out. But a bit, a little bit serious for everybody. I mean, a little bit too serious. Maybe I could like put a smile on or something. Now, today's episode will be on education a form of education but something that i myself have always thought was a little bit weird and it just kind of dawned on me today now if you haven't noticed there are a lot of people in this world who you know want to pick up a talent or a skill or something that they wish that they could do better and one of the ways to achieve this goal is to study that's it something very simple something that everyone does it's just kind of to to sit down pick up a book, jump on YouTube, or just study the topic of interest that you want to learn. Now, that's all fine and dandy when you think about it in the broad sense of things. You pick up a book, you sit down, and you just start to read it, and eventually you'll get good at it. But I have a question, and I want you to really think about this. Who taught you to study? No, really. Who sat you down and taught you how to study? Who sat you down and told you how to do this process and how to you know, become pro-efficient at it, you know, yourself. Who told you how to become pro-efficient at studying yourself? And, you know, this topic came up today because I wanted to sit down and study Japanese. You know, I'm going to be working from home for a bit and I thought that it'd be really good to to study more Japanese. Why? Well, because if you have, if you don't know, I live in Japan. I've been here about three years now, almost. And I'm not fluent at Japanese still, but yet I study at least 30 minutes to an hour a day. Now, It's not that Japanese is extremely difficult. In my opinion, it's not that difficult to sit there and, you know, pick up a second language if you put as much time into it. But I haven't been able to retain it. Now, I do have a disability. I am dyslexic, at least from what I know, I'm dyslexic. I have difficulty reading and I have issues, um, you know, with with, uh, audio sometimes when people speak. So I'll hear something else completely different. Or sometimes you'll hear me slur or stutter when I'm speaking now. Or even sometimes I'll skip over words. They I won't be able to recognize them or read them. I'll have to sit back and re-spell it a million times over and over and over again just to get the correct spelling for it. My grammar's okay, but you know, it's just that that there's a lot of things in place there. So when it came to Japanese, it was also extremely difficult. And there's a reason why. Uh, the speaking part is not that hard, but when it comes to the kanji. Yeah, that's gonna uh, that's gonna drive you up a goddamn wall. Uh, there's so many kanjis for so many things, and it's kind of cool when you think about it because you have a kanji for person, you have a kanji for family, you have a kanji for house, and they might sometimes have like similar sounds, and they might actually be the same sound, but because you have this character there and you write in a sentence, it lets you differentiate between it. A prime example of this is in English, like you know you have there, there, and there. This is the exact same word, but yet we spell it three different ways. And they have three different meanings to them. But the ways that we spell them are kind of similar. Where in Japanese, you don't have kanjis that mean the exact same sound, but they'll have a different meaning to them depending on the kanji. Now, this is not a bad thing. I think it's a great system in place because the kanjis can be vastly different. It can look completely different. As someone who's dyslexic, this kind of helps because the character for person will not look like the character for forest. They'll look distinctly different for me. And this makes it easier for me to recognize what I am looking at. However, this also becomes a problem because there are a lot of kanji, a lot of kanji that have a very slight variation to them. It could be a dash in the top left-hand corner or a slight variation in the little box below it or to the right, I mean, to the left side of it. And sometimes that can become a problem when you're dyslexic because you're going to look at it and think that it's something that it's not. And this has proven to be a big, big damn problem for me sometimes. 
they also have hiragana katakana, which are just two different ways of basically making the same sound. Just one is for foreign words, which is katakana, and the other one's for Japanese words, which is hiragana. And then the hiragana is also sometimes like the the particles, so like you know the the connection like is as and stuff like that. So that's what also hiragana could do. But sometimes they might use katakana for that. I don't fully understand it completely, but you know in a sentence when I see it, I know how to read it. It's just sometimes I have issues forming that sentence myself. Now sometimes you see it in news articles or stories where they have hiragana above the kanji, and this is a furigana, which is basically the the way to pronounce that kanji, just in case you don't recognize it or you can't read it. Then I have another writing system, which is romaji, which is basically just English, like the word is just written in English. That's it. Now, from my total understanding, there's 3,500 kanji that are currently used or still used today. There were a lot more before, but many have stopped being. Um, commonly used but then there's others like you know so sometimes you might see them on like a tv show or in a movie that aren't commonly used but they're just for like you know marketing purposes and there are um 46 hiragana i think and 46 katakana but if i'm correct they're a little bit more katakana because they cover foreign words so there's some sounds in the katakana that they put together in order to make up certain foreign words the idea is that this is a very complex system, but at the same time, it's a very simple speaking system. So it's complex to read and write as a motherfucker, but it's simple as hell to speak. And everything's very clear because you can enunciate it exactly how it looks most of the times. I say most of the times because there's still like the which is like when you write it it's an r but it's not really an r it's like an r and then it ends on an l so you're not completely doing an r sound so if you go like and i'm like what what did you just say i don't understand the word and trust me when i say that if you don't say it exactly or close to exactly how they say it here they will not understand what you're saying like Sometimes they use different words, like they use, we use Baskin Robbins back home and most other countries use Baskin Robbins because it's just written in Baskin Robbins 31. But here they focused in on that 31. So here it's called 31. Like, and I'm not even exaggerating. I can't make the sound correctly, but when I hear them say it, it's like Thursday one like that. And it's just like, that's so weird to me because the name is Baskin Robin. But if you go to them, you go, oh, um, what, you, what, uh, you want to get some, uh, you want to get some, uh, Baskin Robin ice cream? And I'm like, hey, nothing Baskin Robbins. What? Nani, 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 nani basket up in door. Nani basket up in. I sue basket up in. Nani, 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 nani basket up in. Ah, uh, excuse me. Um, um, uh, what is it? Uh, 31. Ah, 31. I sue, I sue type of die. Just like that. And that'll be the funniest thing in the world. But say anything else that they use commonly, like, um, in English, we say point card, right? But for them, it doesn't really sound like point the card it's more like point the card though and i've had times where like i've said like i want a point card like that and they go ah point car and they're like point point the card though ah point card hi hi so my saying and it's like are you serious like that was so close and you didn't understand and not all of them i'm not gonna say all of them because a lot of times people go oh don't generalize shut the fuck up we're not generalizing i'm saying that i've been to enough supermarkets here and enough fucking shopping malls that about 30 percent to 40 percent of them didn't understand me when i asked to to get a point card or didn't understand me when i said i didn't have a point card because of the way i was saying point card mind you point card is like english it's not japanese it's just english it's written in english on the card and most of the times when you get it it'll say like the company's name and all japanese and stuff but you see point card and it's just straight up like latin letters point card and it's like well, okay so i may go oh no point the card though it's just really weird 
don't ask me. Now, it's interesting to me that they don't understand like a lot of my English because from my understanding and from what I've researched, almost every single school here, whether it's elementary, high school, and even some um, universities, they study English for years. I mean, years. I, it's, it's not even like, it's like a wow, it's like a lot of years. Yet most of them do not retain it. Now, when I ask this, a lot of them say, oh, it's because, you know, we were we were taught how to just pass the test. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. If you're only taught how to pass a test, you're not going to retain the knowledge there. But it's not just that. See, I've looked at some of the study like curriculum and stuff they had to do. They had to actually use it in conversations sometimes in class. And there's a lot of foreigners here who do teach English, especially nowadays, maybe not as many, um, you know, in the day, back in the day, but nowadays there's are, and it's still a big issue that a lot of them don't know um, English. And I'm gonna go from the, from like, let's say 2000s and on, because that's when we start to like really interconnect in part of the world with everybody. And other people start to learn languages that weren't common in their own countries. It became interesting because a lot of people like started to learn languages and like Chinese and Japanese and Korean, basically from like TV shows and anime and like old kung fu flicks they watched in Chinese in the native language and they picked up the language pretty well. Yeah, it was a lot of slang that wasn't like, you know, it's like don't speak with that much slang. It's kind of rude. But at the same time, they would pick it up where here they're taught it for, you know, years upon years upon years recently. And almost nobody I meet can retain it besides those who studied a little bit more as they got older into their 30s. Now, initially, you know, part of me believes that this is just because they're lazy. Like they don't want to learn a language. They don't see no purpose in learning a language because I'll be honest, you don't need to in Japan. You don't. Everything is catered and set up towards Japanese people, which is not a bad thing. But as you know, the, the market becomes more globalized, they're starting to fall behind because they don't have this English ability or even uh, multiple language abilities. Some can't speak two languages. Most only speak one, just like Americans can only speak one most of the time besides like those who have like Spanish parents or, or foreign parents. Most Americans speak one language. I only speak one language because my family only spoke one language with my grandpa. He's from Italy. He's an immigrant. And like, you know, he can probably still speak Italian if you speak to him, if he can remember it. But that's like one person only. And then on my grandma's side, the black one, they don't speak any other languages. They only speak English because, you know, because, you know, we're Americans and most of the languages that were passed down to us from our ancestors have died through years of slavery and segregation, and discrimination and stuff like that. So it kind of sucks because, you know, it was choose between surviving or choosing between educate yourself. But it's bringing on my point. That's the day. That's not top for another day. My, my thought in my head was just thinking like, you know, they're lazy. They're given everything here. They don't need to learn to speak English or learn to speak any other language. Like, you know, they should be able to speak their own language and survive in their own country, which is true. That should be the general standard for all countries. Speak the national language and you're, you're good. You should be able to survive. However, again, as the market starts to globalize and it starts to become like a global economy, you got to learn to speak two or more languages because one, one language limits you from the ability to do business around the world. This is 100% true. Ask anybody who travels, they, they wish that they could speak, you know, two, three, four languages because it just makes business a lot easier. And a lot of the countries are starting to catch up to this. So like you'll see Russians who speak um, Russian, English and a third language or French who speak French. And some of my coworkers do. They speak French and Japanese or they can speak, um, you know, Spanish, English and Japanese or Spanish, Korean and Japanese or Korean, Japanese and Chinese. Like it's amazing how everybody's able to speak all these different languages now. But. It still didn't dawn on my head that like, you know, out of the general population, it's a very small number that can speak all these languages. So I was like, they all like, are they really that lazy? Like they don't want to learn this language and stuff like that. And then I started to think about it. It's like, you know, 
I've been studying for three years almost, and it's becoming like a problem because I'm finding myself plateauing because I can't retain it. And I'm using all these things that I picked up from like high school and, and college. And even before then about like ways to study topics that I'm not good at that I like, you know, I have some interest in, but I'm not obsessive over. And you know, it just hit on me like none of the stuff is working because of dyslexia plus that. And it's just like, it's like, wait a minute, who taught me how to study? And it, it just dawned on me real slowly, like who who sat down and told me what methods are best practice and what methods are worst practice, what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, for me, this is very important because, again, like as someone who had a learning disability and many people have learning disabilities, we have to come up with inventive ways to teach ourselves how to do things that everyone has as common knowledge. And even then, it's still difficult for those who have common knowledge because a lot of times they get it wrong in the first place and they themselves are not doing that well at you know, their skill of profession. So I began to think about it a lot and I began to look into it, like, you know, study techniques. And it turns out that there are actually study techniques out there and books on how to study and how to improve your form of study and things that people have figured out that are the best way to study, both from a scientific and university studying, like cases that study like, oh, if you do X, Y, Z, you do better. And then those who are just figured out, hey, this works better for me, maybe you can try it. And it's just like, well, why wasn't this taught to me when I was a kid? And this is the most important thing right here too about this whole thing. It's like, why wasn't it taught to me when I was a kid? And so like, you know, it's interesting. And I just started to really think about this, you know? Because again, you know, I've been studying for three years. I'm plateauing. My dyslexia is getting in my way. It's, it's hard even for English. A lot of times it's hard for English because, you know, I'm taught this is how you speak English. This is how you read and write English. And I'm going off exactly what the book says and what people say. But then what people say doesn't match up to what the book says. Then what the book says doesn't match up to what people say. And people go, oh, you know, you got to give and take for both. And then, yeah, that's true if you're able to do that. You know, a lot of times some people don't have that ability to do that. And in America, if you don't know, if you don't speak fluent, perfect fucking English, they ridicule you for it. Like if you type a sentence on Facebook and your phone autocorrects a single fucking word, you'll get about 50 to 60 comments of them dragging you for your shitty ass English. Yet all these broke ass motherfuckers are sitting at home jerking off to Pornhub and can't afford anything who live in their goddamn mom's basement. You know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. And I hope you listen to You live in your mom's basement and you smell like shit and Axe Body Spray does not make you smell sexy this is why your girlfriend look like a hippo with makeup on that's all i'm saying but you know that's beyond the point the point is is that you know there are many things besides just english that's the problem right there are many things besides just my english that's the problem um math you know how many people hate math and you know why a lot of people hate math and i realized this years ago people hate math because they don't understand math they don't understand the applications of it and they don't understand what they're going to use it for besides like basic number crunching and then there's a ton of math there and it just gets more and more complicated as you go on and a lot of times you're taught how to solve for the problem not how to solve for all problems and you're taught how you know to do a certain thing but you're not taught how to apply that certain thing or was it good for and then above or else you're not taught to how to figure out the shit on your fucking own at home by studying different type of things you're not taught how to do anything besides some stuff and i'm just saying the thing like yeah you know what maybe that's like they teach me how to do like essays where i write an essay and i do research on an essay but like okay so what do i look for when i'm researching like as an adult now i know what i'm looking for i'm looking for resources and then things like this and things like like they would say wiki is not a viable resource it's like okay well actually wiki is a viable resource and if you look at the the references comp part on part of the wiki page it's like don't they give you all the references they got all this information from which you can use yourself but when you're a kid and when you're younger right especially where it's best time to give you these habits that you should be forming you're not taught to do these things you're not taught how to look into the book and find what you're looking for or how to connect a to b you're not taught how to retain information you're not taught how 
how to study for long periods of times. And you're not even taught that studying for long periods of times can actually inadvertently affect your ability to memorize things. In fact, many you know um, scientific studies and many um, university reports have come out recently saying that you know long periods of studies, it's just long periods of studying just doesn't work. You don't retain the information. You actually slack off and get more distracted. Where short, high intense studies get you somewhere a lot faster. And this explains a lot for me because I didn't study when I was growing up because I didn't really know how my dyslexia. Instead, I would study the night before and absorb as much information as I could. And then the next day on a test, I would pass the test with all the information I remember from the night before. Like all my friends would study for days and days and days and they'll fail this test and they'll mess up on this test. Stuff like that. And here I am studying for one hour and two hours the night before retaining all the information and figuring out how to apply it because I put myself in a high intense situation where I needed to study and retain all this information. And I did when I was tired, which another study shows that if you study while you're tired, you retain information better. It's really weird. But I did these things and then, you know, I passed these tests. I kept the flying colors. And then like, you know, three months down the line, I still had that information stuck in my head for some apparent reason. And it was very interesting because nobody told me that I could do this. I always thought it was wrong. I always thought, hey, all my friends are studying for hours and hours and hours at the end of freaking day. And they're just there like, you know, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm going to pass this test. I need to study for eight, nine, 10, 11 hours. And then they end up failing these tests and they end up like, you know, really the past and then you know the, the parents come with a fucking bell and start beating their ass like why did you fail this test it's like okay well then you know why don't you help that's another big thing too like you know again i'm asking who taught you how to study if the school doesn't teach you how to study and it's not in the school books right which they teach you methods of how to get information like the scientific method or they teach you information you know, to do research or really small research in a book they don't teach you how to study that information how to retain that information how to apply that information how to use that information on a day-to-day basis all they care about is you passing the test and i've noticed this especially and i'll get to the other one about the whole um well, I was mentioned before, right? About parents too. But I, especially, I notice it even more when I look at like people from around the world, because in Japan, I see people all the time studying. All the time they are studying different things, yet they don't retain any of information, even outside of English. I see them study how to do PowerPoints and, and um, math, mathematical equations or how to cook and stuff like that, but they don't remember anything most of the time outside of that study and they do it repeatedly. I have friends who study seven days a week for two hours at a cafe, go to a university test and pass with like a 60. And I'm like, holy shit, like what's, what's going on? You're not retaining? And I just go, I don't know. It's just, I can't remember it or I can't understand it or I don't fully grasp it. And then like, again, the questions you get on a test are not actual questions of like, oh, it's exactly from the book. The questions you get on a test are like, hey, we're going to use this method that I taught you that you should have been studying, which is like, okay, whatever. Right. And you're going to apply it to a problem you've never seen. Now, you know, that becomes a problem when you're not taught how to study and figure these things out at a young age. You're developing these techniques as you get older, but then you're already past the part where these habits are extremely easy to form. And that's a big thing about education. You know, we always out here bitching about, oh, you know, oh, why don't they teach us taxes? Why don't they teach us taxes? You know, why don't they teach you taxes? Because it, they believe that it's common sense for you to know how to do your taxes because it's just basic numbers. What you should be asking them, right, is why don't you teach us how to understand these things? Why don't you teach us how to study up on these things in short periods of time or over burst seconds so we can fully understand what's going on in our taxes? Because what taxes are is just numbers. You're putting numbers into a system about how much money you made and how much money you spent and how much money you should give to the government. That's what it's broken down to. Your problem you're having is you don't understand what the fuck they're asking you and you have no way to figure out how to, what the fuck they're asking you besides doing a lot of research and a lot of studying on what the fuck they need to get from you. And that's a 
problem because these are not things you should be doing when you're older. These are things you should be doing when you're younger, when you're four or five or six years old. This way, as you get older, you're able to do the research and study the things that you want to do as you become an adult and you have this habit already formed inside of you. Like, okay, when I want to know something, I'm going to go figure it out. When I need to figure out and master something, I'm going to go study it for a long period of time until I master it instead of having to teach yourself how to study and how to like pay attention. And then as you get older, it becomes harder and harder and you retain less and less information because you're still trying to figure that shit out. It's wasting your time essentially because they're over here telling you, here's the knowledge, figure it the fuck out. Not here's the knowledge, apply it, study it, retain it. It's here's the knowledge, figure it the fuck out. And if you look at it, especially in the United States, you look at it, it's like that. In Japan, it's like that too because they give them a shit ton of knowledge, but they don't actually teach them how to apply it, how to retain it, and how to use it in ways that they should be fucking using it. I mean, again, English, something that's taught a lot to them here, they don't really retain any of it. And those who do still struggle a lot more than they should have because they're smart. They're not stupid people. It's a society of very smart people. But the issue is, is that they're not given these natural habits or these natural skills that they should have had from when they were a child because it was never taught to them in the first place. And then here comes the second part about this that I don't like. This one affects the Eastern cultures more than it affects the Western culture. So Western parents are still assholes on this one. Your parents are also part of the fucking problem. How many times do you come home and your parents realize you, you better be studying that math book. It's like, okay, dad, why don't you tell me what the fuck studying is? Why don't you explain to me methods and techniques that I can use to help me retain the information better and study and pay attention more instead of yelling at me with a fucking belt? Yeah, you know, I'm from a black family. They will beat your ass if you're not studying, but beating my ass will not make me retain the information. Beating my ass will make me scared of not learning and, you know, not. I don't want to get my ass beat. So I'm going to come up with forms and techniques so that you don't beat my ass so i just passed the test but then it doesn't mean i'm smart it doesn't mean i retain the information it just means i figured out a fucking way to pass the test and not get my ass beat that's the fucking difference you aren't teaching me how to do this basic task this thing that we all considered a very viable skill this is not like oh read this book reading a book a singular book is not a you know a viable skill it's just a singular book that can help you being able to read multiple books and reading books a day and doing it all the time and rereading old books that's a skill you need to learn because that's not something that's taught to you that's a skill you need to learn yeah it's nice to rewatch old movies but then when you sit there and you start to study the movie and look at the color correction and the sound and the background and the special effects and stuff like that that becomes something that you learn by studying the movie, right? And then you apply that shit to yourself like in After Effects with Premiere Pro and stuff like that. But the key thing again is that you have to study how to do that. And your parents are not helping you with this at all. Your parents just yell at you and you know discipline you and force you to sit there for hours on end, extremely bored and distracted, trying to study something that you may or may not understand so that you come out with perfect grades. But then at the end of the day, you end up with no job or homeless or broke because you didn't understand what the fuck you were doing. Instead, you just studied quotation marks and try to not get in trouble with your parents and try not to fail but you actually didn't develop anything in that process all you did was sit there and have someone just constantly tell you if you study you'll get better if you study you'll get better if you study you'll get better but then anyone who just sits there and studies something never gets better eventually you have to apply that i mean come on if a doctor only read books and studied books his entire life and then he actually jumps into the field to practice to do heart, open heart surgery he's probably gonna kill somebody no matter how good he is doesn't matter like it doesn't matter how much he's it doesn't matter how many tests he passed. He needs practical experience. He needs to be able to jump into the field and have practical experience. He needs to be taught how to apply this knowledge. And that's what practical experience does. He needs to be taught what to look for. And he needs a mentor and somebody who will help guide him in the right direction. That's what practical knowledge is. That's how you take the knowledge you've been studying and you apply it. But the key thing is that 
Many doctors, and I've known this because I've seen them do it all the time, many doctors have a form of studying. They have a way of retaining the information because they use many different studying techniques. In fact, if you look on YouTube and you look up anyone who goes, how do I study? You'll see that they have different study techniques to remind themselves. Some people put down the iPad and they write and then they record and they listen back to it later on to help them study the notes. And then some other people just take the notes, they simplify it, they break it down with the Feynman technique, which I bet you didn't know that was actually technique. And then they add like a visual aspect to it, like draw a heart or draw this or draw that and they draw things to it. Other people just repeatedly listen to things over and over and over again to figure that out. And that's another thing, repetition. But that's the thing. They're not taught this as a child. They learn this as they get older when they get to university or more because they're trying to figure out how do I study and retain this information so I pass and have a good career. That's a fucking problem. That is a big, big, big fucking problem because you shouldn't have to wait until you're 21, 22, 23, 25, 28, 30, 31, 35 to learn how to study and teach yourself something that can be possibly life-changing for you or somebody else. You should be taught, hey, I'm a kid. I'm five. I want to become an astronaut. How do I sit down and read these things that I like? Or how do I sit down and collect information and retain it? Hell, half the time is not even about sitting there for hours upon end. 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, seven days a week can help you learn a language in six months. Did you know that? 10 minutes a day, seven days a week can help you learn a language in six months. Did you know about this actual app on the iPhone called um, Akai, right? And basically what it does is a flashcard. You put information in the flashcard, right? And it teaches you day one. Then it pops up again, notification day two. Then it pops up again, notification five days later. And it keeps doing that so that you keep the memory, you keep going long term. That's another study method that's been proven. Similar to things like Memory Palace. Similar to things like the Feynman Technique. These are techniques that are proven and been studied upon for generations. But I bet you there's a a lot of people who did not learn about this shit until after they got out of university or until they're going to their master's or until they're going to their PhD. Hell, maybe you learned in your associate year, but you shouldn't have to wait until you're in a university to understand how to study and retain techniques. These are things that should be taught to you when you're a kid. So that's way when you get to university, you're prepared to do all the study and retain information. I guarantee you, if we taught kids how to study better and we taught kids how to retain information better, we would have a lot more kids who are going to be doctors and astronauts and scientists, just a lot more skilled people when they hit university. Not people who are struggling to make a fucking PowerPoint because it's not that they were not taught how to do PowerPoint. It's that they were never taught how to study and like, you know, brush up and retain the information. They were just told, here's PowerPoint, read it. We're going to have a test in like two months. And then they have a fucking test in two months. And guess what happens? They fail. That's it. They fail or they pass, but they don't retain it six, seven, eight years down the line when it's needed during their fucking day job. Because if you haven't noticed, a lot of day jobs use Word and Excel and PowerPoint for a lot of shit. And that's the point. Like, even though I like, I work in Japan and I see millions, not millions, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I see hundreds upon hundreds of PowerPoints every single time I go into work. And when I look at these PowerPoints, I go, yo, these are common mistakes that would have got me failed when I was in university. If I did that, that, and that, and that, that I would have got a failing grade for that. And that, that, and that, and that, I would have got a failing grade for that. And these are also people who are taught, hey, this is how it is, but they don't retain the information that they're taught in university. So they're breaking the rules that they taught that, you know, that doesn't look good. And it turns out, yeah, those rules do apply in the real world because a lot of these people don't get like great feedback when it comes to their PowerPoints. A lot of people complain about their PowerPoints being too bright, too dark. This font looks bad. This font looks bad. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. It doesn't work on Mac and doesn't work on Windows. It's like, these are things that like you're taught, but you're not taught to retain it. And then there's a whole like PowerPoint, Excel and Word, extremely powerful process and applications. Like if you look at them on the surface yeah you can do basic things but if you actually were to study 
like how they work and retain all the information, you could do crazy stuff with these applications. And that's the same with a lot of applications out there. And, you know, parents, neither teachers too, don't realize that you need to teach your students how to study. That's something I realized. So I, I'm asking like I was really thinking about it. back, back to, you know, because again, I'm dyslexic. Nobody taught me how to read. They had ways of like just having me do repetition after repetition. Nobody taught me how to read, right? Nobody taught me how to form these sentences and stuff like that. And one of the biggest things that a lot of teachers say, you know, just take the book home and try to read it, try to study it. It's like, but how do I do that? Studying is a skill set. Studying correctly is a fucking skill set. How do I do that? What do I use for myself? How do I figure out about going about figuring out what's the best study technique for myself? Trial and error at like when I'm 22, 23 and I got to probably like a day job and I got to do all this other studying for multiple other classes. Trial and error now. Should I be taught this when I'm like young so that when I get older, I already kind of have an idea what works best for me? Because that's another thing too. Like, you know, you get to university, you don't know what works best for you. That's because a lot of teachers have failed you when you're a kid. And that's something that like I find very interesting is who taught you how to study? Like nobody taught me how to study and I don't really know anyone in the West who was taught how to study. They were just kind of thrown into the fire and figured that shit out on themselves. And a lot of my friends did not make it very far. Like a lot of them failed and they have jobs and they're okay now, but a lot of them failed and a lot of them don't know much stuff besides outside the world that they decided to put themselves into. And then it's like, I look at the people from the East in Japan and like they study hours upon hours upon hours, but all the techniques that they use are completely inefficient. They don't retain anything. They have no real knowledge of English, even though most of them study it here in Japan. They don't retain any of the other things that they try to study, nothing political, nothing economical. And it's just like, I feel bad for them because I see them studying and stressing themselves out for hours upon hours a day. And they're just not retaining information. Me being somebody with the Japanese and me just realizing just now, like trying to learn Japanese, I'm doing the same thing that they're doing because I'm trying to follow their techniques of teaching. And their techniques of like understanding it and trying to study it, but it's not working for me because I have a disability. I'm dyslexic. I need to invent my own way to study this language. And that's going to take some trial and error for me. But, you know, for them, they've been, they study way more than I do. And I feel bad for them because like they're getting nowhere. And some of them are even struggling to the point where they need the skill set for a job, but they can't get that job because they lack the ability to sit down and study for long periods of time and get that job done. And that's kind of sad because like, you know, they're not, bad people they don't deserve this it's just they don't know what they're doing to figure this out and it's just really interesting to me because like it is, it's not exclusive to one country this problem is exclusive to all countries on the united like all countries on the fuck i'm the united states all states all countries it's exclusive everywhere i mean even if you look at like on paper how smart um, certain countries and how good their grades are, a lot of those people don't really retain anything. And when they get out of school, they start to like study less and less and less and they don't really learn anything new because, you know, studying is like daunting. It's tiring. It's not fun. It's inefficient. I don't learn as quickly as I want to learn. But if you give them techniques like the five minute technique or repetition or like, you know, I forgot what it's called, oh, me um, uh, the memory palace. If you teach them these techniques, what ends up happening is they start to develop ways of figuring out, hey, this is good for me. I'm going to retain this information. And they start to retain a lot more information. And they start to understand a lot more information. And they start to break it down and figure out how to explain to themselves. And I'll give you an example. So the Feynman technique works for me because... It's basically you get a piece of paper and you write down basically what you're trying to figure out. The topic of, you know, the, the subject, the subject of the topic, right? And then what you do is you write it as simple as possible. What the fuck it means, right? As simple as possible, what the fuck it means. And you're going to notice in writing it right then and there, you're going to be like, wait a minute. Am 
I writing this? Do I understand this correctly? Like, does this make sense to me? And when it doesn't, you try again. And you, in that moment right there, you realize, holy shit, I don't fully understand what I'm reading. I don't fully understand what's being explained to me. Now I know that I need to go back and figure out this portion or this portion of this piece in order for me to be able to figure out what the fuck I'm reading. This way I can retain it and understand it more and become second nature to me. And that's how it worked for me because it worked for me with English. Why? Can and may. A lot of times, whenever I say, can I have something? People are like, uh, do you mean may you have something? And um, I'm going to point out that, you know, that attitude right there is completely incorrect. And I'm going to tell you right, right now. So many people break it down, can and may, into a form of like, you know, um, can is like the physical ability of being able to do something. And may is like, you know, the permission to do something. But in reality, it doesn't really matter 99% of the time because they're interchangeable. So people usually sit there and go, oh my God, um, you know, uh, this is, uh, you got to say may because you can't say can because, you know, you can't ask permission when you say can. It's wrong to tell somebody something that you don't fully grasp yourself. I mean, because like I said, may and can. Um, because, you know, the answer is, of course, you know, are they interchangeable? It, it really depends. It depends on what you ask. Like, you know, as with most writing and speakers choosing whether to, to use can or may depend on your audience. If you're writing a highly formal letter where politeness and coordination is like, is your primary concern, you definitely want to adhere to the additional rule of using may to ask permission. I mean, it's a formal level, right? And similarly, if you are like in that fancy restaurant, it may be more appropriate to ask the waiter, may I have some water instead of can I have some water? It just might be more polite, right? May is like a more polite option. It's always like can, right? But like, you know, however, if you're surrounded by peers and like an informal setting, there's nothing wrong with your friends. You can say, can I? You can say, can I all you fucking want, right? Like, you know, as with most writers and speakers, you need to know like your audience and understand, you know, what is the best for that situation at hand. So you can use can as permission. You can also use may as permission. Now you can't replace, you know, can with may. That's not something that you can do because, you know, you, you can't, you can't express, you know, um, ability with May. You cannot express your ability with May. So therefore you can't switch, you can't replace May with can. However, you can, you can replace May with can if you're trying to get a permissional statement. And that's the shit. People will sit there and go, oh, you can't use May and can interchangeably like that. One is physical ability and one is, per, is permission. It's like, no, you're actually half wrong with that. Actually, you're completely wrong. You can use them any fucking way you want. It just depends on the situation and context. But the problem there is that that's from your lack of understanding. That is from your lack of understanding from not studying the topic at hand more. And no one taught you how to look into that. Because, you know, with English, everything's all over the fucking place. There's no set rules for anything. But again, you're not really taught how to find out this shit. And you're not going to because you find studying a daunting task. So for me, I figured that shit out because I was at Apple one day. And, you know, one of my coworkers at Apple sat there and just like, you know, we spoke about Canon May and he gave this lady example of using Canon May because she came out snarky like most fucking people do. It's like, you know, can I have your email? Oh, May, you have my email because you can't, you know, my physical ability to give you my email is like possible. So what are you asking? And he goes, well, actually, did you know that you can use Canon May interchangeably? And he explains to her the entire situation which she got butthurt about it because, you know, she dropped her phone in the fucking toilet bowl and it had like shit on it and stuff like that. And we don't replace phones that were shit when I used to work at Apple. I mean, Apple never replaces anything that's toxic so, or hazardous. And she was butthurt about it. It's like, well, you mean don't drop your, your phone in the fucking toilet bowl with shit? I mean, that's not a fucking problem. Take, take the shit out of your phone first or whatever or just take a butt plug up your ass when you're pissing. I don't know. I can't help you there. The point is, it's just like, you know, 
he explained to her and then he taught me and so I started to research and then go oh my god I've been led astray my entire fucking life but that's because I didn't study that's because I never looked at the fuck up because I always found research and studying especially studying really daunting and annoying because like yeah look it up for five seconds and that's it right but constantly finding more and more out and looking into it deeper and trying to retain it, all the information it was always daunting and problematic I thought I had to do for hours and I thought that I wouldn't be able to retain any of the fucking information so I was like why do it what the fuck is the point and now I've learned how to do it because I haven't worked for Apple in like seven years now but now I learned how to do it after seven years okay the first time like something that I learned in my head that was incorrect like I learned how to do it after seven years before that I was doing high intense intervals for studying that was it now it's just kind of like oh wow I wish I knew this when I was a kid. I wish I knew all these techniques when I was a child of how to do certain things and how to retain certain information. Teach me how to teach myself something. Teach me how to study something deeply and profoundly where I retain the information. Don't just give me a fucking test where I'm not going to understand it like five, six years down the line. Give me a way to keep everything I want to learn to keep in my head. And that's where parents fail because parents will just beat you when you fail and they won't actually help you study or help you figure out how to do these things. Granted, parents have their own responsibilities, but I'm going to say like this. You're a parent that's your child help out your fucking child like they're trying to do the best they can to make you and everyone happy and not get their ass beat and you're over here like yelling at them go study and it's like go study what what the fuck are they supposed to be studying help them the fuck out and it's the same thing with teachers for my advice with fucking teachers like yo you have to first teach kids how to study if you're gonna tell them to study it's like telling somebody you know it's like teaching a toddler to go to the bathroom and the toddler's like uh what do you mean it's like aren't you stupid go piss in the toilet bowl you can know how to piss right go piss in the toilet bowl you have to teach a toddler how to piss you should be able to teach a kid how to study that's my fucking force into that so I ask this and I want you I want you to really think about this and I want you to go back and reflect on it ask yourself this question who taught you how to study, right? And at what age did you figure out the best studying technique for yourself, okay? And if you found out that you're a kid, tell me where you, who taught you as a kid. But if you didn't find out to your adult, tell me, did you know about the Feynman technique? Did you know about any of these other techniques out there to help you study or help you to retain information? Because I want to know. Because I honestly think that, you know, we need to ed- we need to teach people basic abilities and studying and, you know, actually sitting there and reading for a long period of time or even short period of time and studying or find the best effective techniques for studying should be something that we should teach. Because, again, studying is not something that's just fucking given that you learn at the age of 50. It is a skill that you need to learn when you're young in order for you to do anything else when you get older. So that's my talking two cents on that one. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. You know, it's running a bit long here. I'm trying to cut down these podcasts to like less than 40 minutes at best. And I want to get out my ass out this house and go for a quick jog. You know, I'm starting to turn into a giant potato. So tune in again. I'm going to try to release as many of these podcasts as I can, whenever I can. I'm going to try to stick to a weekly, ba- you know, weekly schedule and stuff like that. But again, thank you for tuning in to Ruminate. I'm your host, Fergie. Have a good one. Yeah.